I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. All right, everybody. We got hit songwriter, great human being, very funny man, Bobby Pinson on with us. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? You got me up early this morning. I didn't know they God made two nine o'clock. <laughs> well, it's good to introduce you to something new. That's right. That's but, right. So I would love for you just to tell our audience a little bit about how you got into songwriting, because I've read a little bit of that in a bio somewhere, but I'd love to hear your story about it. Well, I mean, I don't know if I've still gotten into it. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to get into. So 25 years later, I'm still wondering if I'm in yet. Um, man, I was in a band on the West Coast of all places. I was in the military. I was in the Army. And when I got out of the Army, or actually while I was in the Army, I started a band. And that was kind of how I started making some money. I knew that was going to be my next group of years was going to be playing in a band. And my bass player, bless his heart to this day, one of my best friends, but he never could hear me. And I wasn't a very good acoustic guitar player, so he wouldn't turn my acoustic up in the in the monitors. And finally, I kind of got tired of that one day of him not, I could tell he couldn't hear me. So I just started writing stuff at Soundcheck, you know, just started doing my own thing and changing the chords around at Soundcheck and making up stuff and jamming with the band. And every time he'd miss a note, I'd be like, turn him up. He can't hear me. <laughs> so it was a way I basically, it was a way I learned to write songs. But it was also a way I got my guitar and hit in my bass player's monitor. And uh, that's literally how I started figuring out how to write songs, just coming up with stuff that he didn't know already. Um, and they weren't very good. They sounded about like that. And I kind of <laughs> moved out with a sack full of songs that I probably shouldn't have brought with me. I actually tried to try to write with you and your ass wouldn't write with me. I'll never forget it. Just saying. Uh, we wrote several times. Huh? We've written several times. <laughs> What was that guy's name? Max. Uh, it was kind of Max somebody. I forget who it was. And he was like, he was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know that you're ready for Marty yet. <laughs> but, well, that wasn't from me. I'm sorry. What was his name? Max. Uh, you know, talk about real dark. Yeah. Hair. Yeah. That worked for Kim Williams. Yeah. 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 So yeah. anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm not bitter. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. That, that uh, was, that was uh, not from me, Bobby. He probably had a good point though. He probably had a point at the time. But anyway, um, so yeah, I moved to town with like that and and uh, came to town as a singer, you know, and I've always kind of looked at songwriting kind of as a little bit of a consolation prize, if you will, but it's worked out. It's been, it's probably been the better thing. God's no, God knows what he's doing, uh, even when you don't. And uh, so I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be now, you know, for sure. But that's kind of how it started. That's awesome. Well, I love... Um, don't ask me how I know is one of my favorite songs that that has been out since that your album came out. I'd encourage everybody to check out that album that you you put out. What was that? Two thousand eight, five, five, two thousand five, six. Don't ask me how I know. And it's funny because you know I I made that piece of music. I was pretty excited about it. The label kind of left me alone, and they just let me make my record, which I couldn't believe, and everything was going great. And uh, you know, and it just kind of quit going great. <laughs> throughout the process of it but but from a creative standpoint they didn't mess with me on my record and and, and i to this day i appreciate that and i made a record that i could love and and live with and die by my own sword you know everybody always says they kind of the sexy thing to say i die by my own sword but 
but it's not super sexy when you're doing it. It's it's actually like, what have I done? What 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 went wrong? What happened? You know. But I definitely died on my own sword on my own music and 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 went my own way. And it's taken 15 years for me to finally, you know, put music out again. It's just I was kind of butthurt about it and mad. I wasn't mad at the talent. I understand the talent, or at least I understand the parts that I don't understand. I understand that I don't understand it. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've been doing it a long time, uh, but it's been, gosh, almost 17 years. I say over 15, almost 17 years before I put out music and uh, and I have finally started doing that again. I've I had a great career writing songs for other people, and I love that. Um, I think it's it's a branch of, of the tree, but it's not the tree. And, and it's finally, you know, I've been giving people water for a lot of years, but I got the well, you know, so I'm excited to to finally do some stuff on my own again. And tell me about the, sh- so your single that's out right now is called the shave. Tell me about how that song came about and, and why you decided to put it out on your own. Sure. So it literally took 15 years and, and the song, the shave to kind of quit being butthurt, you know, a song was a, the shave is a song that I wrote for myself. I mean, truly just to heal. And, Everybody always says, why do you write songs? They always say, how do you be, be a songwriter? I'm like, that's easy. Make your record label mad. And, <laughs> <poof yourself." laughs> and then they say, well, why do you do it? And I say, because I just want people to call people. And, and that sounds kind of cliche or simple or whatever, dude. But, but it's the truth. I mean, I don't write songs for the glory because there is none. I don't write songs for the money because <laughs> there's not much in it anymore. You know, um, I write songs to make people feel something that they were going to feel just didn't know it. I want to say something for, I feel like God put me here to uh, say the things everybody else is thinking, you know, and that's the way I've always done it. Well, this particular song worked on me, you know, all the magic that I've tried to put or tried to create in my other songs for other people worked on me. My dad, I lost my dad about three years ago. I just celebrated, um, my 16th father's day as a father and my third father's day without my dad. And it just kind of changes father's day, changes Christmas. It changes a random Tuesday. You know, it just changes how you get in your own truck. Uh, It's just, it's kind of split my world in half for all the days that I had with my dad and all the days that I'll have, you know, after that. And I went into the hospital basically got the call and knew it was going to happen. I just wasn't sure exactly what day. And I went in there and I got the, literally the toughest, meanest, honoriest, you know, biggest guy I know, um, fighting for his life and losing. And which is super humbling to me. And he couldn't talk yet a ventilator in and we hadn't talked in probably a year. And I just to watch somebody tell you they love you without words, it's pretty humbling, you know. And uh, it took me down, and I was kind of watching my life flash before his eyes. And I just I could see that everything was okay, you know. I could see that that he was he was he was safe and ready to go, and wasn't as scared as everybody else out here was, and you know he was always one of those guys that like when he wanted you to pass him something at the table, he would never tell you what it is like an old man, you know, he'd like 
nod at something. You're like, you want the pepper daddy? No. And you keep nodding. You want the salt? No. <laughs> oh, you want the salad? Hell no. And you know, eventually, <laughs> eventually you get to the mashed potatoes. Well, he was doing that same kind of thing in a hospital bed. And I'm like, what do you need, daddy? And I eventually figured out there was a shaving kit sitting on the slide out tray. You know, the little tray that fits over the bed or whatever, which I think everybody one of those. But um, I went and got this kiss. He, you want to shave? And he kind of nodded yes. And so I realized I was about to shave the guy that taught me how to shave. You know, the day before he died, he didn't want to meet Jesus with a beard. And so, so we did. And it was, it was the closest thing to saying, I love you that I've ever done without, without words. You know, it was just, it was just the scene that if it was in a movie, you know, the world would have stopped if they saw it. And, and my world did. And again, it split my world into two pieces, just the day before and then every day after the shave. And, and uh, I wrote a song about it. it. took me about two years, two and a half years to write it. I wrote it by myself. And uh, I didn't have any expectations that it would do what it's doing now, for sure. I, I didn't know if it would ever see the world. I wasn't writing it for Blake Shelton to cut it or writing for whoever to cut it. I was just writing it for me to hear it and for me to feel it. And everybody always says, you know, what's your favorite song? And I always say, you probably haven't heard it. You know, that's the big, that's the big, they always want to know what's your favorite song you heard. You probably haven't heard it because our songs that we write that you have heard have to skate across the top. They have to check all the boxes and they don't have to weigh too much, but they have to weigh enough to matter. It's a lot of rules, you know? Um, I'd say some of it that I wrote for Eric Church with uh, Clint Daniels and Jeff Hyde and, and Eric, that's probably my favorite song you've heard. You know, that's one of those that checked all the boxes and still checked all the boxes for me. It was still, still weighed enough for me to love, uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't the shave, you know, for me, uh, the shave is a thing that I wasn't writing to check any boxes. I wasn't trying to make sure somebody loved it other than myself. I just, you know, it did most of what it did for me before I was finished. It was just in the process of writing. Now that it's in the world, it's touching people. And, and that makes me so happy because that truly is the only reason to make music is to touch people. If you're making it money, if you're trying to make music to make money, you may, and, and, and you can certainly do it, but if you're doing it just to make money or you're doing it just to fit in this town or you're doing it just for something to do, or you're doing it just as a hobby, it's just, it doesn't pay off. It's just too hard. You have to, you have to get something out of it other than just, Hey, I want some money or Hey, I want to hit, you know? And, yeah. and for me, that song healed me. Well, I'm sure that's why it touches other people. You know, I'm, I always tell people if, if, if the song doesn't move me, it's not going to move anybody. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. If you don't like it, nobody else will. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I mean, it, it's amazing how many little holy moments like that we walk by in life. And if, and it, it's a blessing to be a songwriter and that we can kind of freeze those and go, okay, hang, hang on. Let me, let me dig into that a little bit, but that, you know, just that moment of shaving your dad is, is a holy moment, you know? It really is. And just to see the change, you know, he had this old beard that was messing up his robe and he just, he, you know, he didn't want to be there anymore. He didn't want to be there with a beard. He didn't want to be at the bed. He didn't want to be here. And uh, it's, it was crazy, Marty, because 
he had the defibrillator in that they were not the defibrillator. So the, he had the ventilator in mm-hmm. and they were able to take it out, I guess a couple, couple hours a day and, mm-hmm. and, and let him talk. And so I got to hear him and, and he just, uh, you know, kind of thing right before it was over. Mm-hmm. And man, it was, it was, it was big. It was, and it made me feel really, really, really small, which is always how you know something's big. Yeah. Uh, I just I miss him dearly, and and uh, I want to honor him with this song. And I wasn't sure that anybody would need to hear a four minute slow song about a guy dying, uh, but it's really not about dying. It's about loving somebody while they're living. And and you know, I guess you could paint it with a broad brush and go, "It's a sad song about death." It's really not. It's just a. It's a song about living. It's a song about loving them while you got them, and you know, it's no more about dying than Rocky's about boxing. You know, people are like, Rocky's not about boxing. I'm like, how not? <laughs> what? Rocky's about life, right? And and same thing here. It's just about. Now, what's been great is I get obviously I probably I'd say seventy five percent of my uh, fan base is you know, 45 year old men. I don't have a bunch of 18 year old girls trying to take my clothes off. And if they did, they'd probably pay me to put them back home. But <laughs> you know, my fan base, fan, I don't like the word fan, but the group of folks that find my music are guys that have probably been through, been through some heartbreaks and car wrecks and divorce and, and just really, really lived. And, and so my music relates to them. And, and that's, that's what I care about. It's not that I don't care about, the young guys, you know, out getting drunk in a bar and trying to chase girls. Cause I've been all of those people in all of those bars, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, so no offense to them. It's just for me, my music, I feel like it's, it's just, it's not pointed or contrived or devised for a particular group. It's just what I have to say. And what I have to say kind of goes to the, to my peer group, you know, from 30 to 60 year old male guys, you know, but when I put out the shade, I can't believe the amount of girls that are weighing in. Go, you know, it reminds me of my daddy, or or my husband saved his dad, and and I've just gotten so many stories that it's kind of defied it's defied genre and it's defied uh, demographic for me. It's just, and that's how you know you got, and when you just you have a feeling, and a feeling shouldn't be put in a kind of music. A feeling, an emotion shouldn't have to live just in a certain area because that's the kind of market that you're in that that the that the person that created it is in you know um and this thing is blowing up and i'm excited for it yeah well it's i mean you have a depth in your writing that that people you know i mean you have had a lot of fun and and funny songs cut but the, the ones that really move me are are the ones that have some depth to it and you know i think you're right you know people that have lived a little bit want to hear a little bit more than just the fluff, you know, kind of surface thing. Sure. And, and I'm excited. Uh, not like, Hey, because of that, my song's going to do better than it would. It's not that it's just, I'm excited for music in the next 10 years for me, because I was very disenchanted over the last few years. And people were like, well, it's like you took a nap and then you woke back up and now you have all these hits. And, and I don't know that it was a nap. I didn't quit. I just, um, I was disenchanted, you know, because the music had changed and, and nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's room for all things. And I was writing those songs too. I just don't have a lot of the relationships 
of the guys that are doing that bro type country. I didn't have those, so I kind of just was put on a hiatus for a little bit, simply out of default. You know, um, I'm excited that it's coming back to the lyric. You know, I don't know that we'll ever get our complete 90s country music back, but it will definitely get some of that lyric back. And yeah. some of the lyric in the 90s wasn't great either. You know, I was listening to <laughs> yeah. it But I love that it's going back to the tracks that will hold a lyric and that people are kind of starting to listen to a lyric again. And I'm not saying that we haven't had lyrics in the last 15 years. And I've had, I've had hits in the 15 years, but I just, in the nineties, it seemed like everybody was doing the same thing musically and doing a different thing artistically. Now it seems like everybody's doing the same thing artistically and music is just whatever happens. And so, and not knocking I mean, I still have to eat lunch in this town, but I just, I feel it changing back. You know, I have a couple songs that almost sound like not the same song, but the, the they're doing the same thing. Like I had a song back in 2005 that I sang called Don't Ask Me How I Know. Well, now I have a song called uh, Note to Self that I wrote for Randy Hauser, and it's kind of Don't Ask Me How I Know 2.0. But if you listen to some of it that I wrote for Eric Church, it's the same kind of thing where it's just all those things are just kind of like letters to an unborn child type. Yeah. You know, type thing or letters to it, it, things you would say on your dying day. And I've always said, I'll never die wishing I'd have said something. Um, <laughs> and, and so the things I don't tell you personally, I'm putting in the song, but I'm still saying something. Yeah. You know, I, I've got one more question for you. I see your, your paintings on your wall behind you there. Yeah. What's the, what's the foundation musically for your writing? Do you think? I think the foundation for my writing is just, songwriting in general i want to be as real as i can possibly be i may never be as real as marl haggard because i don't know that there's an audience to receive those lyrics right i got marl on the left here willie um don williams is my favorite bob mcdill is my favorite songwriter um and so they're all lyric songwriters so i'd say my foundation is probably i'm just kind of rooted in songs that hold me accountable you know i, I try to hold myself accountable but the music that I grew up on holds me accountable uh, and not all of it was great, but it was all consistent with itself. It was all doing the same stuff. So if you look at Don Williams, if you look at some Johnny Cash, uh, a lot of Willie, um, some Waylon, you know, that's what's in my truck. Um, Shel Silverstein, not in my truck, but that's the root of my lyric um, for my rhyme scheme, you know, and I'm not trying to write a Shel Silverstein. Uh, song in any way, but I've always tried to take his rhyme scheme and really concentrate on the fact that his inner rhymes glue things together. And I've always tried to use the glue from Joe Silverstein and the pictures from Merle Haggard and the swagger of Willie Nelson. And I've always tried to put that together and, and, and I've figured it out. You know, um, I don't know that everybody loves it or everybody thinks I figured it out, but I think I've figured it out and that's what matters. Yeah. But um, even Stevens tells a story about being in Key West with Shell. They were big buddies and they were out drinking one night and went back to their places. And, and the next morning, real early, Shell comes banging on his door and said, I want you to see what I did last night. And he had stayed up all night and wrote where the sidewalk ends. Right. And illustrated it in in a night, basically. So crazy. I mean, hanging out with hanging out with even Stevens. I did a writer's round with even Stevens, uh, gosh, two weeks ago at Bluebird with him and Tony Lang with, and, and James Slater. And just to listen to him, 
like you know somebody's lived it when it sounds like everything is, when it sounds like they're name dropping and they're not because whoever they're talking <laughs> just, about whoever yeah. they're talking about would have if they were still alive will be dropping even steven's name it's like it's not name dropping it's the truth and it's amazing you send them with their mouth open because i'm like hey man today Morgan Wallen put my song on hold or today, you know, and then when you hear him go, well, I had Roger Miller pitch this song to, you know, <laughs> Engelbert Humperdinck when we were drinking one night. And it's like, it's just amazing the life he's lived and how humble yeah. he is. And I, I think wrote, the, the bigger the life, the smaller the ego. And yeah. he amplifies that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I wrote with a young kind of on the rise writer recently and, he we we were talking about something and and he said you know well i'm i'm not really familiar with a lot of the older country artists and i said well like what who would be older and he said you know like billy currington kenny chesney right and i'm like my friend you know i you know and i encourage writers to dig back farther than that in in whatever genre you're writing you know because i think like you're talking about, you know, pulling from Merle Haggard and Willie Nelson and Shel Silverstein and people um, that were great a long, long time ago is a really valuable thing to have in, in your repertoire, I think. Well, and I, you can't fault kids for being kids, right? Because some sometimes that's the best thing they can be, and they can help us by, by their youth. They can help us with the fact that they can still make 20 years worth of music and not be old. So you can't fault them. At the same time, you got to go, are you kidding me? Because <laughs> you just made me feel old. I mean, I went and requested some Tracy Lawrence, and the person's like, yeah, I don't know her. You know? <laughs> yeah. that's, that's not a gal. Gal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, I just feel like uh, we owe it to ourselves to find, as songwriters, to find the songwriters of yesterday and listen to them. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's funny because you talk about being old. People think I am the songwriter of yesterday. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. But that's fine. I don't want to be yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Uh-huh. No. Bobby, thanks for being with us and sharing your story. I know it's going to inspire a lot of people. Well, I appreciate it, bud. And I appreciate your love in the shave. I know you reached out and, and heard that song, and I'm excited about it. It just came out, and uh just came out last Friday, and it, it's, it's, it's killing it, you know? And I don't really know exactly how the streaming world works when I was making records, it was, it, there was no streaming. There was no mm-hmm. internet. I mean, there was internet, <laughs> not yeah. that old. I wasn't shooting muskets, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's exciting to have it. And I appreciate you loving it, man. And I, I love that you love it. And thanks for having me on. Yeah. You're welcome. Hope you enjoyed that. Bobby is a super talented songwriter and singer. I'd encourage you to check out his music, both as an artist and as a songwriter. Uh, we're going to leave you with a song called Pick Up by Lisa McKean, Mark Lynchberry, and Mark Beeson, all Songtown members. And uh, I'd encourage you to check out the show notes. We have information there about books that we have available on songwriting and also about Songtown itself, which is a worldwide community of songwriters. Uh, we're excited to announce that starting in September, we're going to have a sponsor uh, that's Sweetwater, which is an amazing company for buying any kind of musical gear you could imagine. We'll tell you more about them coming up, but I wanted to give them a little plug. So here's Pickup, and we'll see you next week. Two weeks, no sleep, I'm wide awake. 
Thought you'd turn around by the time you reached the interstate. Said you were leaving. I didn't believe it. Girl, I believe it now. I'm cursing at the phone. Praying that you'll pick up. Hoping that you're there. And maybe you'll give us one more try. Cause damn girl, I've been down your digits. All I get is crickets. Girl, pick up. I want to fix this. Pick up. Shampoo in the shower Every room has things you didn't take Thought it was just a break And you'd make 